I don't know about you. I'm a little better at this now, but I've struggled with it for years. Today, six steps for starting a conversation with anyone, anywhere. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 177. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly show to help leaders improve their communication, strategy, coaching, productivity, and personal mastery. And today we're going to tackle a topic on communication that's so important for leaders in any role in any organization, and that is how to start a conversation with anybody, which is a really key skill to have. And a lot of people, me included, struggle with this on being able to walk into a room or to walk into meet a client or to just to, you know, be walking down the street and to run into someone and to strike up a conversation. And it's uh, it's something I'm always looking to get better at. And that's why I'm really glad to introduce to you today, Mark Sievercrop. Mark and I just met recently, and he is an author, consultant, and speaker. He's the author of Project Success, which climbed to number three in the self-help category in the Amazon Kindle store. He's passionate about connecting with others, finding ways to add value to help them and to help other people do the same. And uh, Mark and I got connected uh, just in the last couple of weeks because we both appeared on in an article that was published on Forbes on the 25 professional networking experts to watch in 2015. And when that article came out, uh, Mark and I were both on the list and Mark reached out to me and said, hey, it's nice to know you and uh, I'd love to love to chat sometime. And uh, we had a great chat and I found out about his book and I knew it was a great fit for our audience. Mark, I'm so glad to welcome you to the show. Thanks, Dave. It's glad it's good to be here. I, uh, you know, I, I, I read that and I, I sent that message to you and, you know, you have one of those names that... I had heard around and I'd seen you on Twitter and whatnot. And I think I was actually following you before that, but, you know, had never actually talked to you. So, um, you know, I reached out and said, congratulations, like you said, and, you know, you suggested, you know, you, you tell me that I know how to start conversations with people, but you suggested we should talk. And so we did so. And here we are. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you you bring that up because that's something that I'm focusing on doing better this year, which is actually taking the next step because it's so like me to have a conversation on a social network or on Twitter with someone that I really should meet like you, who's mm-hmm. who's very influential in the work you're doing, and to just say, okay, thanks, good to know you, and just <laughs> leave it at that. And I made a, I remember seeing your tweet. I made a very conscious effort. I'm like, okay, he's a person you should really know. How about you have a conversation with him and just see where where things go? And but but isn't that something that I think a lot of us struggle with, Mark? Is like just just you know, we see people around, maybe if we even walked, walked by this person for, you know, seven years in the, mm-hmm. in the office building. And we sort of know that they're there. We know their name maybe, but we never really took the time to actually start a conversation with them. Yeah. I think that's, you know, it's, as I'm talking to people about meeting people and networking and whatnot, one of the things that I always tell people is if you'll just take one extra step beyond what everybody else normally does, you're going to go you're going to go way farther in developing relationships. Um, you know, so exactly what you were talking about rather than just saying, Hey, thanks. You know, and I had a lot of people on that list that, that said just that, you know, it's like, Hey, thanks, you know, you too. And that was it. 
Um, but taking that extra step is really all it takes. You don't have to do a lot more than everybody else. You know, it's that, that, uh, slide edge principle that, that you hear talked about. You just do a little bit more and it makes you stand out and it makes you develop those relationships. Cause you're right. We, you know, none of us are, you know, oh, I, I guess I won't say none of us, but very few of us just go out of our way to talk to every single person we see. But if we'll take a, a couple steps every once in a while, it's amazing the people you meet and the, the connections you make and the opportunities that you find because you take that opportunity to go a little bit farther and say hi to somebody or set up a phone call or, or you know, ask them how their day was going, whatever it is, that really is all you have to do to really develop those relationships. I resonate with that a lot. Uh, my coaching guide last week uh, featured the quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson that said, a hero is no braver than an ordinary man but he's brave five minutes longer. And uh, that, re that really resonates mm, with me on yeah. what you just said, because it's not that the people out there who are great networkers and great influencers and connectors are that much more brilliant or smarter or skilled than anyone else. It's just that they're willing a lot of the times to just take that next step, to ask the next question, to engage in the conversation that a lot of other people would just pass by. And mm -hmm. their willingness to do that is 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 key to building relationships. And and you're an example of someone who's done that really successfully. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I People call me every once in a while, I'll hear somebody say, well, you're just really naturally good at talking to people or you're naturally good at building relationships. And, I, and I'm complimented by that. And, and anybody that says that, I appreciate that. But I started thinking about it and it's like, you know, Dave, you and I and everybody else in the world, we all started with the same amount of connections when we came into the world. You know, nobody was born with, you know, a thousand Facebook friends. Right. You know, we all developed relationships the same way. So it's a learned skill. And I think the key with people is, is they hear about networking or they hear about, you know, connecting with somebody they don't know and they, they psych themselves out. And really our entire lives has been, you know, based around developing relationships with people and getting to know people. And so, you know, you mentioned the the book and, you know, what I tried to do with that is just say, okay, what are the principles that make it easier? You know, I'm not always, you know, as I walk into a room, I'm not always the person that is talking to every single person. And I'm not always the one that's way, you know, the super outgoing person. But when I apply these principles that I talk about, it makes it easier. And then it's like what Ralph Walder Emerson was saying, you just have to do it a little bit longer and you just have to push it a little bit farther than yep. perhaps you're comfortable with at the time. And then that's where you get the reward of, of meeting somebody that, that really is a great connection that you can help, um, but also that can help you and, and open up doors and opportunities that, that perhaps you wouldn't have otherwise. For sure. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned this because this highlights one of the other, the books you've put together, which is called um, How to Start a Conversation with Anyone Anywhere. I'm sorry, I mm -hmm. got that wrong. It's actually Start a Conversation with Anyone Anywhere. And you highlight six principles steps really to go through that process of how to start a conversation. So I thought it'd be really helpful for uh, the audience for us to just walk through kind of the, the one through six, what exactly should we do? And then, you know, maybe look at some examples and some thinking around each one of those. Does that sound good to you? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. So let's tackle the first one here. So you say first impressions last the longest. Uh, why is the first impression so important? And what are the kinds of things we should be thinking about to make a good first impression? Well, uh, first off, I'll say I remember hearing on your podcast a while back, you and, and our friend John Corcoran talking about what to do if you don't make a good first impression. Yeah. So yeah. so if you fail at this, go back and listen to that one. But, <laughs> good you know, point. The first impression does last the longest, and, and I'm not sure. I'm sure there's some science that, that I could find and quote why, but that's just been my experience. You always 
whatever that first impression is, that's what you think of when you think of that person from there until, you know, 10 years from then, unless they change that perception after that. Um, you know, it's, it's really as humans, we, and I don't know if it's a fight or flight thing from back in the days when, you know, we had to, you know, chase down our own food and everything, but we, we judge people very quickly. Um, and, and I don't mean judge in a bad way. We just size people up and we, we, when we're in a situation where we're meeting people, it's a matter of, is this somebody that I would enjoy talking to? Is this somebody that, um, could benefit me if I know them? Is this somebody that we would get along? Um, and, and those are all things that we instantly think of when somebody's walking up to us or when somebody starts talking to us. And so you really have to be intentional about how you come across because, you know, I, I know that there's things that I do that come across the wrong way, you know, and nothing real bad, but just, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm a little, um, I don't want to say ADD, I'm not ADD, but I'm just, I'm very, you know, shiny object. And I think it's kind of an entrepreneur thing. So I'll, I'll be looking around a lot. And so that's something I have to consciously say, okay, I need to focus on this person. I need to talk to them. I need to, you know, not be looking at my watch or checking my phone. It's not that I don't care about that person. That's just something that I kind of naturally do. And so I have to be careful that that doesn't happen. So none of this is groundbreaking stuff. I mean, make sure you're smiling, make sure that you look like you're having a good time. If you don't look like you're having a good time, nobody's going to want to talk to you because, well, they probably want to have a good time. They want to enjoy the conversation. So you have to smile. You have to make eye contact. You have to do all those things that we talk about um, all the time. And we hear um, another one that isn't always talked about is, is dressing appropriately. You know, we, we judge people very quickly on how they're dressed. And so understanding you know, how everyone's going to be dressed at an event or, or where you're going, a gathering and dressing appropriately for that is a big deal because people will take, will judge who you are based on how you're dressed. And sometimes that's worse. Sometimes that's better. I mean, if you're showing up at a place where everybody's wearing shorts and a t-shirt and you're wearing, you know, a three-piece suit, they might judge you as somebody that's not going to have as much fun and might not want to talk to you. Or they might yeah. judge you as somebody that's way out of their league as far as talking to you and they won't want to talk to you. So, you know, I always try to dress, you know, either at or one step above what everybody else is going to be. And that allows you to be in that same ballpark, but also um, present yourself in a way that allows people to want to to talk to you and want to get to know you more. That's great advice. And it's it's the same advice I use myself and for others and particularly going to see clients is trying to dress at or a step above the people that we're going to see or wherever we're going for a meeting or an event. And uh, and that that really works well. It's it's always easier to dress down a little bit when you get there, if need be, than mm -hmm. it is to try to dress yes. up if you're underdressed. <laughs> um, and I, you know, you mentioned these are fundamental things. It's so important though, like the handshake. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I remember I, I still have echoes of my dad when I was a kid of of you know give people a firm handshake, and I took it mm -hmm. to heart so so strongly that I I. I actually injured <laughs> um, <laughs> once a, a couple of times I had people like you're that's really firm your handshake there um, but people do notice and you notice when someone just just kind of like doesn't give you a firm handshake and oh, doesn't geez. it's the worst thing in the world to shake somebody's hand yeah. when it's not firm it's it's awkward it's awkward it's, it's awkward and I know not in every culture this is the way right. to do it by the way but here in the states that is certainly a a cultural dynamic and it's one of those things that if you do it well um you know, you get to continue the conversation and it, it, it's not like you get anything by giving a firm handshake, but right. you don't put up obstacles that are awkward if you're not smiling, mm -hmm. giving that firm handshake dressed appropriately. It kind of gives you, it gives you permission, if you would, to be able to engage to go to the next level. 
Yeah, and you know, with the the handshake, when I was when I was serving a mission for my church, or my mission president, or the leader of the mission I was in, he used to always tell us he'd he'd say match their match the pressure, and then just a little bit more. Mm. Um, and that's always worked pretty well for me because I've had the same thing. You know, I've I've shaken somebody's hand too hard, and the hardest one for me, I have a friend that uh, he's a lineman, big burly guy, you know, um, and I shake his hand, but he has arthritis and carpal tunnel, and so you know, I I think that oh, it's this big burly guy, so I shake really hard. And so you have to be really careful with that. Like, you know, like you were saying with, with your experiences, you know, if you match the pressure that they have, it's really, it's a good way to start. And, and, you know, I love what you said there, Dave, about how this is just keeping barriers, you know, it's keeping from having barriers to a conversation is all of these things. Really, that's what they are is just making it easier to have the conversation because you're not, you know, putting up all these red flags and people aren't, you know, hesitant because, you do look like you're having fun. You do have a good handshake. You are making eye contact. You're dressed like they would expect someone to be dressed that they want to talk to. And and really, this first one is all about that. You're exactly right that um, you're just keeping from adding barriers to getting to know this person. And if you do that well, you can go on to number two, which is to practice the type of listening that makes a difference. And I'm going to quote you, quoting Dale Carnegie here. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you mentioned Dale Carnegie. Uh, Dale Carnegie said, if you aspire to be a good conversationalist, be an attentive listener. To be interesting, be interested. Ask questions that the other persons will enjoy answering. Encourage them to talk about themselves and their accomplishments. You know, such good advice, even a, almost oh, 100 years yeah. after he wrote it, you know? You know, I still, I, it's been, you know, I've, I've read Dale's book several times, but I remember the first time reading and, and reading the story about the, the guy that talked to the little boy with the sailboats. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, just that really stuck with me. It's like, you know, no, I, I, I couldn't care less about sailboats. You know, he, he didn't care, but that's what he was interested in. And it's, you know, I, I don't, I hope you don't mind me sharing this story, but when you and I talked for the first time last week, you kept asking me questions and kept asking me questions and doing a really good job at this. And finally I had to say, okay, hold on Dale Carnegie. <laughs> you know, I need to ask you some questions too. So it, it is funny, you know, when you get two people that are really good at that or, or get that idea and get that concept, it does make it challenging because both people want to ask about the other person. And yeah. the thing I found with this is people can tell when you're genuine. You know, you might not care anything about sailboats, but you dang well better care about whether, um, you know, that person cares about sailboats. Mm. You better care about whether, um, you know, whatever they're talking about. And that comes through. And it's very obvious that people care about what you're talking about. And if you don't care and you're just asking questions, it comes through very quickly and, and you can see straight through that. I'm not remembering who said it, but there's a famous quote that every person is my superior in some way. And um, one thing that I found that's helpful is that the, the recognition that if I spend enough time uh, listening and asking the right question, that, that this person, whoever they are and whatever age they are, has something to teach me today and has something that I can learn from them and, or I can appreciate or I can love about them. Uh, even if it's something that I'm not necessarily interested in, and more often than not, uh, you know, even if it's something that doesn't seem it, it apparently interesting to me, it, it, inevitably uh, I'll have another conversation down the road with someone else, and I'll be like, "Oh, you know, it's really interesting. You're both interested in the same thing," or or you can mm -hmm. make a connection with someone because you took the time to listen and understand something they were passionate about, and then you run across someone else three months later who's got the same passion, and so it it really does help to really look at it like Dale Carnegie said too, from the other person's point of view, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, one of the things too, as you're looking at it from their point of view is I catch myself 
and this is one of the things that I'm I'm horrible at, and I think a lot of people struggle with this. And Stephen Covey talks about not preparing your answer while somebody else is talking. Mm. You know, and that's one of the hardest things with listening, I think, because somebody says something, you know, and, and Dave, maybe you said something a minute ago, and I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And I have something that I'd like to say about that. But if you're not paying attention all the way through the end of what they're saying, it's easy to miss something that's really important. Um, and and that's the type of listening we're talking about. You know, in the book, I, I, I make the the analogy of, you know, if you're listening to hear if you won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes, you know, that's a different kind of listening than if you're just listening, you know, and, and doing something else and not really paying attention to what somebody's saying. That's the type of listening we're talking about. It's the type of listening where, like you said, you want to understand what their perspective is. You want to understand what their viewpoint is and not just be prepared for the next thing that you can say. Well, that, uh, that hits a, a chord for me because that's probably the area I've struggled most with in interviewing people on this show over the last three to four years because I've, I've definitely made the shift in the beginning. And I know you've, you've, been, you've run a podcast too, Mark. In the beginning, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time prepping interviews and thinking about writing out all my questions I was going to ask. And I've learned over time that the best thing I can do is actually not to prep that much. I mean, certainly be knowledgeable about people and their work uh, and, you know, having mm-hmm. reviewed their material, but to not necessarily have a list of questions, but to really just listen well and to be curious and to ask about their work mm-hmm. and what they did. And I find that when I do that, the comments that come back from our community are much more like, wow, great conversation. Or that was really interesting to listen to because it didn't seem just like a very disjointed conversation where one person's just waiting to ask the next question that was already scripted, you know? Yeah, I com- I completely know. You know, when we, uh, you know, I was co-host of the Happen to Your Career podcast for a while, and that's one of the things we talked about when we started the show because we hated listening to podcasts where somebody would be like, you know, and then I had this epiphany and this happened in my life and it totally changed my life. And then the the next question right after that has nothing to do with what they just said. <laughs> right. It's like, wait, wait, hold on. I want to I want to know how it changed your life. Like, wait, you that know? was the big thing. <laughs> wait, wait, that's the whole podcast. That's what it should be about. You know, and, and that's what we do in our day to day lives, too. We don't yeah. always catch those those subtle things that are important. And along those lines, before we move on to three, can I make one more point about this? Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that's really hard is think about, you know, and I'll tell your audience, think about your last day and think about how many times you've been interrupted when you're talking. Mm. And I guarantee you it's been a ton. And this has been really hard for me too, is not interrupting people because you have something you want to say. I, um, again, when I was on my mission, I had a companion and, and we were walking around one day and we were talking and I thought we were having a great conversation, talking about all sorts of things, really interesting. I was really engaged. And then all of a sudden I realized that he hadn't said anything for like five minutes. And so I stopped. I'm like, why, why, why aren't you saying anything? And he just looks at me and I will never forget this con- this comment as long as I live. He looked at me and he goes, well, every time I try to say something, you interrupt me. So I just figured I'd just be quiet. Mm. <laughs> and I felt about this big. Yeah. You know, I felt inches tall and it just hit me that I kept interrupting and he just finally, that was, you know, he taught me a lesson that I will never forget. And I'd encourage your audience to think about that, you know, think about the next day and watch how many times you're having a conversation with a coworker or your boss or your spouse or your kids and either they interrupt you or you interrupt them. And it completely kills a conversation if it happens too much. You know, we've all had a conversation with that person that always has to jump in always has to say something and they just, you can tell they're not even listening to what you say. They heard one part of it, but then they jumped in and said their part. And if you do that, people aren't going to want to talk to you. And 
if people don't want to talk to you because you don't listen to them, it's really hard to develop a relationship with them. Oh, for sure. And what a great gift he gave you. Cause most people would never say something like that. They would just, you know, oh, yeah. nod and, you know, keep listening. So great lesson. I love it. It was, that was, yeah. 10 years ago. I still don't, I haven't forgot it. Good for you. I felt, I felt horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think any, any of us would, and yeah. the difference is, is you did something about it. And I think that that's the key is, you know, what can right. you do when you have a, epiphany moment like that, or you realize you've, you've blown something. Um, I know I have certainly in interviews before on this show of not doing a good job of being curious is you learn from it and you say, okay, how can I get better in the next interaction or the next, uh, the next person that I meet? So yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's look at number three here. Understand who people are by how they act. Tell me about that. So I don't mean to be like a creepy stalker person, but when you're getting ready to meet somebody or you're just meeting somebody and maybe there's a group of four or five of you, I really try to watch how they, how they interact, how they communicate, because I found that I'm, I'm typically pretty animated and pretty not super loud, but I'm more loud and, and I joke around and I laugh and, you know, do all those things. But I've noticed if I do that with somebody that's reserved and quiet, they get really uncomfortable in the conversation. So you know, if, if you're in a room and, and you want to meet somebody, you know, I'll watch them and I'll see how they're interacting with other people. Are they more animated? Are they more um, loud? Do they like joking around? You know, do they, um, are they a person that likes their personal space? You know, are they standing a little farther back from the person or are they standing a little closer and, you know, doing one of the, you know, kind of push the shoulder laughing, joking kind of things. And if you'll do that and you'll observe and notice the way they communicate then you can match that. And if you yeah. can match that, it's more likely that they will, one, enjoy the conversation, but two, you'll be able to get across, um, you know, your intentions, you know, whether that's, um, you know, how you want to come across because we all, um, whether it's right or not, and, you know, we all try to, to, to interact with people the way they interact, but we all like to interact the way we interact. And so yeah. if you want to be a good conversationalist, noticing how somebody interacts and how they talk and how they uh, present themselves and then matching that makes it much easier to carry on a conversation and for them to enjoy the conversation, which really is the goal when you're first meeting somebody is just to have them enjoy talking to you enough that they'll want to talk to you again in the future. I remember a number of years ago having uh, one of our senior colleagues um, at Dale Carnegie took a person who was fairly new to the organization out for a couple of meetings and he was observing and they came back and the the person who was new said, you know, you really handled those two interactions really differently. And it turned out that the meetings were very similar as far as what they were talking about, the, but the personality of the other party, the, the client was very different. And mm -hmm. so um, my colleague said, well, you know, in one meeting, I noticed the person was really loud and extroverted and enthusiastic. So I raised, you know, I was more loud and extroverted and enthusiastic in my responses. In the other meeting, the person was really quiet and um, and and didn't say very much and, w and spoke very softly. And so he changed his tone. And it, it's one of those things that a lot of times we don't even, he didn't even think about because he's so good at doing it and so masterful mm -hmm. of, of having learned that. So still being true to ourselves, of course, but uh, being willing to flex our style a little bit so we can meet people where they want to be met and communicated with. Right. And I think that's a great point. You know, in saying that, I'm not saying don't be yourself. But if I'm talking to somebody that's quieter, I might tone myself down a little bit. I'm still probably going to be more animated than they are. Yeah, sure. But if you tone it down a little bit, they'll notice that, you know, yeah. and, and odds are they've probably seen you and they've seen it. You know, if it's like me and you're a little louder and you like to be the center of attention a little bit more, they've seen that. 
And so they'll notice when you tone it down a little bit and they'll be more comfortable. And that's really, you know, like we said, that's the point of it. And, you know, the other thing is just kind of watching their body language. And, you know, you can tell very quickly. Um, and I was listening to um, your podcast. And you were talking about, you know, the whole looking at the watch thing. And, yeah. you know, noticing those types of things. And, and I loved, you know, what, what you and your wife said about that is, is just saying, hey, you know, are we still okay? Or do we need to, you know, do you need to go do something else or talk to somebody? And that makes it really simple. And, and that's the exact thing that, you know, observing is huge with, you know, because you can notice whether somebody's looking around a little bit more, they're starting to fidget more, they're looking at their watch. And you don't want to be a bother. And we'll get into this in, in one of the later techniques and um, the principles of it. But you want to notice those things and, and gauge whether they're engaged in the conversation. And that happens by observing and seeing how they're responding to what you're saying and how they're saying what they're saying. And that's that's huge in building relationship. We fit on number four a little bit, but uh, but it bears repeating, which is people like others who share their same interests. And uh, that is so true, isn't it? That oh yeah, you know, you find someone and you find something. I I know I I get so excited when I meet someone and we find something in common because then it's easy to talk. Because if right. you find like, for example, you're both fans of uh, the Chicago Cubs, or you both are learning how to play guitar, or something something like that, then all of a sudden you can talk for hours about that. Oh yeah, and. You know, I think even now with our culture and, you know, with with social media and with us being able to pay attention to what we like more often, you know, it's not just three three channels on TV anymore. You get to pick what you want to watch. You get to pick what you want to listen to. Yeah. We're even more gauged that way to where we want to find the people that like what we like and do what we do and have those common interests. So, you know, really great places to start are family and career and, and their interests. You know, those types of things are pretty easy to, to have a conversation and say, Hey, you know, you, you know, are, are you married? Do you have kids? Oh, my kids are this age. And, um, I find that's one of the best ways because, you know, I'm passionate about my family and I love my kids. And so it's really easy to have that conversation. You know, Dave, you and I did that when we talked last week, once we started to talk yeah. about our kids and, and what they were like at certain ages and, and those types of things, it seemed like, you know, 10 minutes went by all of a sudden. And well, it was easy to have that conversation because that's something we like talking about. And I think one of the things that people, get hung up on is if it's a business or a professional situation, they think all they need to do is talk about business. Yeah. You know, we all show up as, as people in the workplace. I mean, after all, Mm -hmm. a a corporation is just a collection of people working toward a common goal and we're still people. We have our interests. We have things that we are, you know, passionate about. And of course, being sensitive to, you know, asking questions that aren't, you know, putting people too getting too personal or putting people on the defensive. But a lot of times we can ask, you know, very, very general things like, you know, what do you, what keeps you busy outside the workplace or mm-hmm. what interests do you have? And those are the kinds of things that can often open up the doors to really finding some, some things that people are really excited about in their lives and then get a chance to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that Maybe not when the first time you meet somebody, but there's so many ways to do that now. You know what I mean? You know, you're friends with somebody on Facebook or, or LinkedIn, and you can see some of the things they like that are beyond work. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a there's an app I use on my phone called Refresh that makes that really easy. Um, and it just, it, it'll help you find that coming on quicker. But when you're first meeting somebody, it's just a matter of asking the question. You know, I would go into a conversation, have three or four questions that if it comes up, that's what you would want to ask. So maybe that's, you know, hey, do you have any family in the area? Or what brought you to this area? Or how long have you worked at this company? Or, or whatever it is, pick two or three questions that you're comfortable with and use them to find that common ground. And once you hit on something that they like to talk about, 
which is pretty easy to tell. You know, they'll start getting more excited and they'll smile and they'll they'll keep talking about it. Go with that and just keep going. And that makes it really easy to carry on a conversation with someone. And then we come to the point where you have to figure out when to end the conversation. So fifth fifth point you mentioned is don't hold your listener hostage. And oh. I think part of the the strategy here too, because I know one of the things we're going to talk about later is, is the importance of follow-up, is how do you how do you end gracefully and at the same time build that follow-up from that first conversation into the next conversation? Yes, these are these are so huge. And, and so many times when I hear people talk about meeting people and networking events, nobody ever talks about how do you end the conversation? Because it can get really awkward if it goes on too long and you're just both kind of standing there staring at each other. Yeah, I, and, <laughs> and I've, like, I've totally been at events well, where that's happened. <laughs> oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. And and so finding and determining how to end that conversation is a big part of meeting somebody because you want that first impression to be good. And that first first impression will probably carry through this entire first conversation, which typically if you're in an event or something, isn't more than five or 10 minutes, maybe tops. So one of the things as we were already talking about observing is you just start watching their body language. I mean, are they starting to you know look at other people? Are they looking at their watch and those types of things? At that point, you just wrap up the conversation and um, you know you just you just tell them, hey, I had a, a great time talking to you. I'm sure there's lots of people that you'd rather you you need to talk to as well, or you'd like to talk to. Um, and then you we'll, we'll go into the the next one, next principle a little bit here. But then you you find a way to follow up, you know. And if you don't find a way to follow up, you've just wasted the last ten minutes of your time. And you can go back and find how to contact them, but it's easier to say, hey, you know, do you have a card? Can I can I get a hold of you next week and we'll continue this conversation? And if you've been listening to what's important to them, it makes it really easy because you can say, hey, do you have a card? I'd like to contact you next week. I'd like to hear more about, bleh, you know, whatever they said. And that makes it easy for you to exit the conversation, leave on a good note because you're telling them that you really enjoyed the conversation um, and not be a bother, you know, not hold them hostage because, you know, like you said, Dave, I'm, I've been in those situations too, where everybody's just kind of like, well, I guess I'll go over here now, you know, and, and you don't want it to be awkward because, yeah. you know, like we've talked about over and over again, developing relationships isn't done in this first conversation It's done with follow-up after follow-up after follow-up and continuing to build that relationship. So you want them to be okay with you contacting them again that you don't want them to be like, Oh, that was really awkward. When I talked to, to Mark last time, I don't really know if I want to answer his email. You know, you want it to be a, a good, good experience. And that happens by knowing when to end the conversation and then, and planning how you will end that conversation. And you'll have to do that beforehand and, and figure out how that works for you. Um, but by planning it ahead of time, it makes it a lot less awkward and a, a lot more graceful and more likely that you'll be able to continue that relationship. Well, and uh, that takes us right into the final point here and the follow-up piece that I know is key, which is remembering the conversation so you can grow the relationship and then doing some kind of follow-up. And I'm curious mm -hmm. what you use, Mark, because you've, you've thought this through a lot and you do a lot of this. Um, are there tools or resources or just good practices that you find that have worked for you as far as being able to remember some of those details and then... Um, and then how you either keep track of that or database it or or just use your memory or what is it that you find that works? Well, for me, I will tell you I'm not as good as, at it as I should be. Um, you know, my wife will famously say that I'm horrible about remembering things. I'm a very, um, well, I guess, you know, depending on which, you know, personality test you want to take, but I'm very extroverted and I don't do details. 
Um, so I try really hard afterwards to, you know, either make a note in my phone or, or jot down on a piece of paper, you know, two or three things about the person. Um, and, and there's different apps that allow you to do that. Obviously like Evernote would be good. Uh, refresh that I talked about has a note section for people. Um, and so you can use those types of things. The other thing that I found to be really useful in that is if I tell somebody I'm going to email them next week, there's several different, um, you know, especially for Gmail, there's several different, you know, extensions you can use that allow you to schedule your emails out. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, I'm going to email you next Tuesday. I'll sit down right after the event and I will write that email right then and schedule it for next Tuesday. So I'm not trying to remember something from, you know, you know, Thursday through Tuesday. I remember right then and I schedule it to send next Tuesday. That way I don't have to worry about trying to remember to follow up for one, but for two, it allows me to remember those details so I can say, Hey, it was great talking to you about, you know, whatever you talked about. I'd like to learn more about it. You know, I, I thought about this or whatever you use in the follow-up, but if you do it right away, it's easier. And so that's one of the things that I try to remember to do is just do it right away. That way I don't forget and smart. I don't, well, I don't forget to follow up and I don't forget those details that are important. Yeah, that's smart. That's really smart. And and you mentioned a couple of different apps, Evernote and Refresh. I've not heard of Refresh. Is that something that integrates with Gmail or is that something like a standalone? It is a standalone. It's an app. I know it's I know it's for iOS. I don't know if they have it for Android yet, but they do have a, a web app as well. Um, and I think it's refresh.io, I think oh, is the, the website. But it's fantastic. And, and what Refresh does is it takes all of your uh, different social media pro- profiles and it syncs them together. So it'll take Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and all of those and it, it'll create a, like a dossier, um, you know, like... Uh, people in the government use when they're meeting somebody and that's exactly why it was created the uh the creator of it said that he had seen this done when he was working with a company that was working with the government and and so he's created this thing where it'll say okay you have these people in common um you know this person likes this sports team this is their record right now and it's amazing the way that it allows you to um find common ground very quickly just by grabbing your information from all these different areas and putting them into one app. So oh, interesting. I'd highly, interesting. highly recommend taking a look at it if you haven't. Um, it, it's really, it's really neat and it's been really useful uh, for me to find that type of information and, and be able to build on that common ground. And like I said, you can use it to, to put notes in. So you remember things from, from times before when you've talked to people and it's all right there. But you know, really the key is finding what works best for you. You know, some people will write it down. Some people will, um, we'll, we'll like the idea of writing the email and then scheduling it. You know, some people, um, that are very detail oriented will have a, a spreadsheet that they use and it record all of these things. And, and I think the key with all of those things is really finding out what works for you, get yeah. some ideas, but then don't be, don't be worried if it doesn't work for you to do what I do, or it doesn't work for you to do what, you know, you do, Dave, find what works for you and with your personality, but, you know, make sure that you remember those things because, it really is the little things in a relationship that, that make a big difference. It's, it's making note of, you know, what their kids' names are, making note of what their spouse's name is, making note of um, all of those types of things that everybody else forgets. And that's where you stand out and that's where you make a difference. Um, you know, and that, that goes along with, you know, in Dale Carnegie's book where he talks about remembering people's names. It's that same thing. For sure. People can tell when you care and when you care, you remember things. So it's finding the best way to do that and then making sure that you you do do that, and then you follow up with it. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head, which is the key is not necessarily the system you're using, but just having something you're dedicated to do 
that you'll use and will actually record things and get you to follow up on it. And whether that's pen and paper or an app or uh, a spreadsheet, it's it's key to do that when you are spending time interacting with people so that you follow through on the commitments you've made and you continue relationships you've built. Otherwise, why bother doing it in the first place, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a hey, lot of wasted time otherwise. For sure. For sure. How do uh, So the book is Start a Conversation with Anyone, Anywhere. Uh, how can people get access to it? So um, the book is available on Amazon um, if you look for it there. But, you know, Dave, for your audience, I would love to have them just uh, head on over to my website and I will send them a copy um, because oh, I cool. think this stuff's so important that that I would love to share a copy with them. Um, so they can, well, I can, um, I guess we can tell you the, the link now, or we can just put it in the show notes, whichever you prefer. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? Um, why don't I create a link at, uh, coachingforleaders.com slash start a conversation. And okay. what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll set that up before the show airs and Perfect. make sure that goes right to your book so people can grab it. And, right. um, before I let you go, and by the way, that'll be in the show notes and the, uh, weekly, uh, leadership guide that everyone gets on Wednesdays. So if you're getting that, you'll, you'll get that in your email box automatically. Um, uh, before I let you go, Mark, you guys, uh, you and John Corcoran, who's a, uh, a friend of the show and has been on several times. And we mentioned actually during our conversation and, um, and, uh, Matt and I'm blanking, I'm blanking on Matt's last name. I haven't met Mick him Williams. before. Mick Williams. That's it. Um, I need to meet him too. Uh, you guys are putting together a really, uh, powerful event in February that's yes. going to help people to get better at the skill and it's available online. And mm-hmm. I wanted to see if you could take a moment to tell people about that as well. Oh, absolutely. We, uh, it's called networking with purpose live. And like you said, it's John who your, your audience is very familiar with and, and we all know is an amazing networker an amazing connector. Um, and has, has used that to build a great business and to have some great experiences in his life. But, Uh, Also, Matt McWilliams, who um, is one of the best connectors and networkers I've ever met. He actually um, tells a story about how he went from being fired from his job. He got home, sent an email out to his network and said, hey, just wanted you to hear it from me. I got, you know, I don't know what he said. I don't think he said I got fired, but I'm looking for new opportunities or something. He ended up getting so many offers from his network that he ended up being a consultant. And that's what he does today. He said, I had so many offers that I just took them all. Wow. And uh, so he is, he's fantastic. And um, he's told me that he can, he can trace back, you know, all of his clients that he has now to his network and about a half a million dollars worth of sales uh, because of his network. So the three of us have teamed up together and, and we're going to be doing this, this live event. It's online. um, So everybody can get to it. And we're going to be going through a lot of those things. Some of the things that you and I talked about today, we're going to be talking about um, how to use your network and, and build a network to, you know, advance in your career or get a new job if you want. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, face-to-face networking. We're going to talk about using social media. So really, we're taking our playbooks and we're opening them up to everybody. And we're just saying, hey, here it is. And um, here's what we do and here's what works. And and we're going to do that. We're going to have question and answer at the end. So anybody that has questions, we can address those as well. And, and we're just super excited about it. And, and one of the side benefits is, you know, we're going to get to connect with all these people. Um, and that's that's what all three of us love doing is is starting conversations and getting to know people and and finding ways that we can add value. And, and we found with the knowledge that the three of us have developed in this area that it's a big area of value and it's a big area that's that's necessary for people that I think a lot of people shy away from because they hear networking 
and they start thinking about a chamber mixer with a whole bunch of business cards. Yeah. You know, and, and then that's not the way it is anymore. And that's not the way we build our network and that's not the way we meet people. And and so we want to help people get over that fear and over those those mental roadblocks they place in front of them and be able to um use these tools and this these strategies to um get the things that they want in their life, achieve the goals that they have. We well, have a you have a link for that, so I'm assuming I do, I do, notes, so. and uh, you know our my audience is um, you know I don't typically feature other courses or products that people are offering, um, but once in a while I, I make an exception because I when it's someone who's doing something truly remarkable and really valuable to people, I, I like to get that in front of people because I think that's really important, and uh, we did that with Michael Hyatt's course here back uh, over the turn of the year to mm-hmm. get people started on their goal setting. And because of the people involved here, you, Matt, and uh, and John Corcoran, uh, I know this is going to be a fabulous event. So if you if that sounds interesting to you, uh, what Mark has just mentioned, I'd encourage you to check out. Uh, we have set up an affiliate relationship with the event. So if you are interested in doing that and supporting the Coaching for Leaders community, go check it out at coachingforleaders.com slash networkingwithpurpose, which is the title of the event. So again, that's coachingforleaders.com slash networkingwithpurpose. I know you'll get a lot from that uh, that experience. And, uh, and the link, of course, will be in the show notes and the weekly leadership guide as well. Mark, I am really uh, thrilled that you took the time to be here today. And uh, oh, by the way, you know, we we should say when that's going to be too, by the way. February Um, 10th. February 10th, 2015. And it's live, right? So uh, what time is it? Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, so noon Pacific. Okay, so February 10th, 2015. If you're listening to this after that, it obviously isn't available. But if you're listening Mm -hmm. before that, Check it out again, coachingforleaders.com slash networking with purpose. Mark, I'm really grateful for your wisdom and expertise, and thanks for making the book available to our audience too. I know people will really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Dave. If you missed any of those links for the book or for the Networking with Purpose event, just check them out at coachingforleaders.com slash 177. Of course, those of you who get the weekly leadership guide, you'll find those at the bottom of the guide. I've actually moved the podcast notes to the bottom uh, starting this past week, so find them there with all the links. And as always, I welcome your comments, questions, and feedback too. In particular, if you have a question for the upcoming Q&A show, which is next week. I hope you'll submit it. The next Q&A show is going to be next week, episode 178. Our topic is accountability. Submit questions now at coachingforleaders.com slash feedback, and I will definitely consider them for the show. And regardless, if you have a question, I hope that you'll join the weekly leadership guide. I am publishing that to your inbox every Wednesday, and that includes my thoughts and recommendations on the best articles, podcasts, videos, and books to support your development between shows. It also has a brief overview of the link to the full weekly show notes, as I mentioned. So if you're like me and you listen to podcasts on the road and on the go or on the way to the supermarket, this will give you an easy way to follow up later with the links mentioned in every show. And I wanted to especially thank the people this week who have subscribed to the Leadership Guide, and that is Quay Kestar, David Deaton, Tracy Chalmers, Vicky Bastian, Russ Vilt, Ricardo Montano Ozana. Hope I said that right, Ricardo. Fiona Adamson, or Adamson, sorry, Fiona. 
Alessandro Baraldi, Dina Simino, Kali Kalek, Casey Comstock, Adrian Wiebush, Paul Ward, Ulana Dabs, Michael Chamberlain, Mike Hare, David Walker, and Mark Sievercrop. That name sounds familiar. I feel like I've heard of Mark somewhere before. <laughs> and thank you so much for all of you who have joined. And a reminder as a bonus, when you join the weekly leadership guide, you'll get access right away to download my guide on the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others. It's an 11-page reader's guide and a nine-minute video with all the top recommendations I have plus insight on the two books I rely on weekly, all of that available at coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. So check that out. And a big shout out this week to Kenny Wheeler out in the UK. Hey, Kenny, man, thank you so much for the great shout out on iTunes about the show. I so appreciate it. And I also really appreciate your personal message to me too, Kenny. Thank you. If this show's been helpful to you, two ways you can help. One is to let someone else know about it, particularly today's show. Who doesn't need to know how to start a conversation with every, with anyone or everyone? Why not? Uh, pass this, sh- this show along to someone that might benefit from that. And the other way you can help is if the show's been helpful to you is to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher like Kenny did. Just go to coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes or coachingforleaders.com slash Stitcher. That's the way to do it. And thanks in advance if you decide to do that. I hope you have a fabulous week and go out and meet someone new this week. Take care.